Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Brought to you by Nomad. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where we discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience of field, and our members' stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Turkey Call All Access podcast. This episode is going to be the first of a number of episodes where we go deep into some of the RFP projects. So that is our our new investment into turkey research. You all will get the opportunity to hear interviews with the biologists who are behind some of the research projects that we have put an investment in. It's really exciting. This first one, we're going to be talking about a a research project in Florida that's looking to shed light on um, Osceola wild turkey reproduction and survival. So without much further ado, we're going to jump right into that in 90 seconds. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring, we head to the woods chasing turkeys, and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us, and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend, if you're a spring turkey hunter, spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. So we can just start by you just telling me a little bit of your background. Yeah, so I I grew up hunting and fishing, and that spawned a love for wildlife and, you know, just wildlife ecology in general, and my love for the outdoors. And that has led me down the path to get uh, multiple degrees in wildlife ecology and forestry. And ultimately led me to the position I'm in now, was a, which is a associate professor at the University of Florida in the Wildlife Ecology and Conservation Department. So um, I've worked in Mississippi, then Tennessee, then North Carolina. Now I'm in Florida, and my work has focused on game species specifically. I've done a, a lot of work, as you know, with wild turkeys, but also with white-tailed deer. And um, much of my work focuses on habitat management strategies. Uh, but I also do, uh, you know, other work like the wild the uh, wild turkey project that's ongoing in South Florida, where 
we're looking at more of the the uh, status of populations and and uh, you know looking at reproductive characteristics of the populations. Yeah. So could you give me like an overview of that project and just kind of the main goals of that project? Sure. Well, it started um, with the the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission. Uh, they wanted to evaluate productivity and also look at key aspects of populations like the timing of nesting and hen survival and also the timing of gobbling as it relates to nesting and the hunting season date start dates which in florida uh, we have an early season south florida and then we have a you know dividing line and then we have the north season which starts a little bit later in this project we are are capturing uh, wild turkey hens in particular in both regions so we have uh, we'll have data on when hens nest and gobbling as it relates to the hunting season dates. Another aspect of the study that became interesting and of interest just in general for wild turkeys is related to how hunting might influence gobbling chronology. And we were able to add a, a, a component to the project to evaluate that that uh, specific idea. And in that part of the project, we have ARUs, uh, two of the areas which were trapping turkeys uh, and putting tags on them, but also an additional several areas that are paired, where we have one area that's hunted and a paired area uh, nearby that is unhunted. So we can get a really good idea of how hunting is influencing gobbling as we're hearing it through these these uh, recording units. So how does the like the analysis of gobbling activity tell you, you know, the impact of hunting behavior on the um, male turkeys? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, we have a lot of data from many states now where we have tracked gobbling. Uh, almost all of that data has come from hunted populations. And this design will allow, allow us to take a step back and say, okay, uh, this is what the gobbling looks like chronologically and the you know intensity-wise in hunted populations. How do uh what what is that that uh data look like when it's unhunted? And in the design that we have. Uh, it's called a, a before-after control impact design because we have two areas that we're mono monitoring gobbling for about a month, and then one of the areas initiates hunting because you have hunting, the, you know, the season date start, and the other population remains unhunted. So you can even see once hunting starts, do we see some kind of shift in gobbling, and that really. Uh, you know, it, it's expected that there would be some influence of hunting because males are being targeted during the, the hunting process. But that really is allowing us to understand what we've been measuring in many areas, you know, because we're only looking at hunted populations. Now we can understand 
what, if anything, uh, the impact of that hunting has been on what we've been observing. So other states have taken uh, measures to to change season structures and season dates, and there's interest in that because of the the wild turkey decline uh, as one of the potential measures to to help correct issues. And that's what we're gathering data here to see, you know, uh, Florida has not altered season and they're not planning to, but, uh, the, you know, the, instead they're funding this work to evaluate the effects of hunting and that will ultimately inform decision making down the road. Which is, a, you know, I think is a should be commended for the, the state agency because they're collecting data to try to make informed decisions based on research. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of data collection, so reading your proposal, I read it said you guys were going to be quantifying the survival of hens and quantifying the survival of like adult toms. Could you explain what quantifying that just means? Yeah, so we will be capturing uh, turkeys and fitting them with the GPS transmitter. And not only does that transmitter relocate the turkey, over and over again via GPS. Uh, the the other thing is it allows us to check on the status of the bird. And if one, you know, if, if the transmitter stops moving for a set amount of time, then it will send us a, a mortality signal. So the signal changes and uh, we know that we need to go check on the bird. That can happen for multiple reasons. It doesn't necessarily mean that the turkey is is dead. For instance, the the tag could come off, or sometimes a hen is sitting on a nest and she's not moving much, and uh, you know those tags could give us a false signal. But ultimately, it allows us to uh, quantify what proportion of of the turkeys, or what's the probability that the you know an adult turkey dies. And if we do have uh, turkeys die, we can try to evaluate what caused the death. So is, was it predation or some other factor in the environment? You know, sometimes things happen to turkeys that, that you can't tell, but many of the times uh, we have pretty good field evidence because of this technology that we can actually determine the, the probable cause of death. Okay. And what are kind of some of the key threats to their survival that you guys have seen so far? Yeah, I think it's still early in our study, uh, but just generally, the males, general, the, the biggest threat is hunters, uh, but they certainly can be killed by predators or disease or, you know, hit by a car or there, there are a variety of ways the turkey might die. Uh, they might also die of old age in some cases, <clears throat> but uh, so far, I think our, our data, we have a small sample size at this point, but our data indicate that those same causes of, of mortality for hens and, and uh, toms are, are pretty consistent with what other studies have seen, that uh, you know, there are predation events, and then there are some other Know, factors that that might be affecting survival as well. I think it's a little bit early to tell what's going to be the dominating cause of mortality, but uh, you know, it, even in a healthy population, hens succumb to 
various factors. You know, uh, death is a part of of how populations function. So uh, I think that's one thing that's important for people to realize that, you know, uh, even in a really healthy growing population, you still have uh, animals die and some are killed by predators, some are killed by elements, some are killed by disease. Um, and I just don't know yet <laughs> what the yeah. relative importance of those factors here, but pretty consistently across the range, uh, males usually uh, the the leading cause of mortality is hunters. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense then. But um, so is it correct that your research started in 2022? Yep. Yeah, we started. Okay. Trapping turkeys and and uh, placed ARUs out in 2022. That's correct. And it'll end around 2025. Yep, okay. that's the plan. Sounds good. And have you guys made any discoveries for your research project so far? Any findings that are starting to emerge, or is it still pretty early? Yeah, I think it's it's still early. We've just finished our first season. Uh, the I will say, based on the vital rates, we haven't, so far, we haven't seen anything that is outside of the normal bounds of what we see on finished research projects and other species. But, you know, with the Osceola's being restricted to a pretty small area in Peninsula, Florida, uh, you know, we need to evaluate that specific population and subspecies. And the last time that you know, we've had a project like this has, uh, you know, been a couple of decades ago. So uh, even, you know, even if we just show that the vital rates are the same as everywhere else, that's important information because we, you know, we come back to the population and have to check up on it uh, you exactly. know, over time to, to make sure it stays healthy. So. So far, we, we don't have any data to suggest that it's starkly different than it was in the past or than it is from other places, but uh, still a bit early in this project to tell. Mm -hmm. And so when you guys start your next season of research, what does like a day in the field look like? Yeah, great question. So uh, it actually looks a lot like a, the typical day in turkey hunting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've, I guess if we kind of look at it over a, a week long period, we have various sites that we're evaluating turkey use of. And when we find an, an area that we think turkeys are repeatedly visiting pretty consistently and uh, the groups are composed of individuals that we want to target for tagging. So in, in this case, uh, you know, we this first year we were targeting adult hens, but in this next year we'll want adult toms and adult hens. Uh, so we would basically determine a site that we want to to try to trap a group of, of birds. And then we'll go in and set up a, a rocket net, just the pretty standard way across a lot of the range of turkeys to capture them. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just a big net, and uh, you fire the net over the top of the birds. It's relatively safe and effective, and uh, there have been tens of thousands of birds captured that way. 
uh, you know, over the last 50 or 60 years at least. So uh, that's pretty standard method. And what basically uh, turkeys are, you know, really, they, they can see well, they're really weary, and they notice when things change. So we go in, basically camouflage this net, and you can think of it, you know, it's, uh, there's various sizes, but it's a pretty large net that, that you have to hide. So we're essentially camoing this thing in. And then we have a couple of people in a blind and they are sitting and waiting from before daylight uh, until, you know, uh, birds show up and then we'll fire the net over them. And then basically the we'll have a backup team that's waiting you know, somewhere that's a safe distance away and they'll quickly move in. We'll put all of the captured birds into two holding boxes and then go through the, the process of handling them. And uh, in our stu- in our study, we're doing some pretty typical things. Not only are we radio tagging them, we also put leg bands on that are identifiable. And uh, we also are collecting blood and, and uh, fecal samples to to test for prevalence of a variety of, of pathogens. So, uh, you know, just general surveillance of, of the populations that we're handling birds in. And then we release them and, and uh, you know, the fun is over. <laughs> yeah, I already started looking at some of the pictures you sent and I saw the release of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of fun, and I, I shouldn't say the fun is over because we also, with the GPS tags, we get to repeatedly see what they're doing. And yeah. I think there's a you know there's a lot of value in that from a management standpoint of the resource, but also there's a lot of fun in it because you know we're getting to sneak peek at the life of a turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does sound really cool. Could you just explain overall why this research is important? Yeah, um, I think, well, for one thing, wild turkeys are are an important resource, uh, you know, just intrinsically valuable as a wildlife species uh, in the state of Florida. That's certainly true. They're also a, a sought after game species, which is a really important aspect of it because a lot of our funding comes through hunting license sales to that goes back into the conservation of, of wildlife in general, not just turkeys. Uh, so there are a lot of important reasons that we want to make sure that turkeys populations are healthy. And as I was saying earlier, uh, we haven't done an evaluation in Osceola's like this in a while. And just knowing the status and whether or not it's changed is an important step to understanding, you know, how to conserve the species best. And I think this particular subspecies, because it's restricted to peninsular Florida, you know, it's it's really valuable to the turkey hunting community in general. And there's there's, uh, you know, uh, a lot of out of state interest in coming to to. Uh, you know, benefit from this resource here. So I think there are many reasons, you know, that the, uh, make it important to understand the status and whether or not it's changed. And, you know, if we determine that, that there have been changes in vital rates, then, you know, that leads us to more questions that we need to ask on, 
why, why have things changed and what do we do about it to make sure that the, uh, the resource is sustainable into the future. Mm-hmm. So it definitely sounds like management and conservation is a big driver of this research. So, mm-hmm. But how would you envision that the outcomes or like the findings of this research will benefit conservation specifically? Yeah, I, I think uh, the this is the initial step to assess status of the populations. And yeah. um, that that is a, a critical point, data point for us to have to understand whether or not the current management strategies are effective or uh, if we find, you know, issues, then we can start to address ways from a conservation standpoint to uh, to, to better manage the resource. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Well, I just have one last question. How might this research help um, the management practices for other species of wild turkey? Yeah, I think that's a, a if great it, question. If it can. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I think it, it definitely has implications for other species. I think Florida is a unique, and, and the Osceola subspecies in particular, is a unique situation. You know, there are a lot of things changing that are affecting wildlife. And, uh, you know, those things are affecting turkeys. We have land use changes, uh, you know, growing human populations. A lot of things have been changing. And Florida has a really interesting situation that allows us to really well uh, understand how some of those changes might affect turkeys you know they're already in a restricted range they florida's human population is growing fairly quickly and we also have some really awesome initiatives in florida like the florida wildlife corridor that can allow us to look at broader scale issues like habitat connectivity and, uh, you know, we have a really unique situation here in Florida to understand all of those competing pressures on turkey populations and the fact that they're they're highly sought after by people within and outside the state. Uh, so even the, you know, the hunting aspect, but, you know, putting those together and then having an initiative like the Wildlife Corridor Project uh to understand the importance of connectivity and habitat i think is pretty unique uh we have a a unique contribution to you know to provide there you know that we can show that habitat connectivity is or or what the relative importance of that factor is since we have so many pressures on on habitat Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. 
the Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys, and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us, and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend, if you're a spring turkey hunter, spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. 